Heavenly Father, we worship you tonight. You made us to worship you. you and to depend on you. To live on you. Without you, we can do nothing. And without you, we are nothing. And how you condescended from glory. You laid aside your splendor and you came down and you put on the flesh of man to be able to redeem us for it required death and if we died we, we perished but you alone had power to die and take life again for us and that is how justice could be Lord that was a great love that no man can afford to die for his subjects. We thank you tonight, Lord. In that we trust. May you speak to us tonight. Bless everyone. spirit. Remove it from our midst. And bless everyone by the blessings of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. We are happy to be in the presence of the Lord tonight. Amen. Now tonight let us turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 37. Verse 1. For about 40 minutes. And it came to pass when King Ezekiah heard it that he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, and Sibna, the scribe, and the elders of the priests covered with the sackcloth, into Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos. And they said unto him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble, and of rebuke, and of blasphemy. Well, the children are come to the bath, and there is no strength to bring forth. Nebamugamba anti watu wa yogera kezeki anti orunakuruno runakuru akurabira munnaku era lwenkunenyezebwamu era lwa kuvumirwamu kubanga abana batuse okuzalwa sote wali manyi ga kuzala amen also isaiah 66 verse 8 who has had such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? 
shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, travailed she brought forth her children. Ani eyali auride echigambo echifana na bwechiti. Ani eyali alabye ebigambo ebifana na bwebityo. Ensi ezalwa kuluna kulumu, egwanga liva mulubuto. Murundi gumu, kubanga sayuni yalinga cheje alumwe nazala abanabe. Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, says the Lord? Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb? Says the Lord, say thy God. Nditu usa okuzarwa nesizaza bwa yugira mukama. Nze azaza ndigala urubuto bwa yugira katonda o. May the Lord add blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. We are going to share on strength to bring forth. Tugenda kugabana kumanyi okuzala. Amanyi agazala. Amani agazala. Strength to bring forth. Amani agazala. You remember on last Sunday? Tujukira kusande wede. We ended with a quote that was saying. If I was asked to answer for the people. What do you want them to have? Do you want them all speaking tongues? I would say yes Lord I want every one of them. To speak in tongues. We want every one of them to shout. Yeah, I would say, yes, I wish every one of them Would you wish every one of them to dance in spirit? Say yes. But what would you rather have them do than all this? He said, I would ask God to give a church that had such a burden for prayer that they stayed on this altar day and night. And in their houses, they would be going on in prayer. He said he would choose a church that had such a a, a travail of soul. Now he said, because when you have that, the other will take place. If you have a people, or you as an individual, if you are in the condition where you are so hungry for God, you are thirsty for God, that Day and night, you are travailing, you are paining with a desire, wanting to see God, wanting to find Him. As David said, as the deer panted for the water brooks, my soul panted for the O God, fasted for the O God. 
Praise God. He said, Deep call it to the deep. After thy water spouts. When shall I come before thee? While they continually say unto me, Where is your God? Where is your God? And that made David to have such a First. And from there, Brother Brown preached a message that he called first. And he defined thirst as the painful desire. Imagine you have such a desire for God. Until you pain. Until your heart pains. A painful desire. That is thirst. And he said that dear. That David talked about. You see brother was a hunter himself. So he grew up in the wild. He knew very well about wild life. He said that dear. There are wild dogs out there in the world. They are not so powerful that he can carry a deer and carry it down. And kill it. So what they do, they lay in wait. Where they knew a deer would pass around here. And then they would jump on it. And pull and make a very strong bite on it. And such strong bite that it can break some vein. And then this deer knowing that it is wounded. Of course blood is just gushing out. And it, you know, it gets thirsty. And it knows. The only thing that can stop the blood clotting. I mean, they can make the blood to clot is if it can get water a good drink of water imagine this deer is in the desert it is wounded it needs water for the blood to clot and it is aware these dogs are following because they will follow hoping it will drain of blood and then of course it will fall and they find it there weak and they eat it so it is aware they are following me they are following the blood trap if I can find where the, there is water and I drink 
Then I'm free from them. Then I will survive them. So that is how David was feeling. If I can find God and have such a strong deep fellowship with him and receive his spirit, then I will be fine. But without him, I will be dead. So as this deer is looking for water, it is a point between death and life. I must find water or I will die. So Brother Bram said it will run and climb hills and raise its nostrils and smell. So desperate trying to find where it can find water. That is how David was feeling. Now there is no person that can have such a thirst for God and he does not find him. Amen. Amina. You see, he said, You shall seek for me and find me if you search me with all your heart. So, a church that has such a travail of soul who stay on the altar day and night, who go into their homes and cry to God day and night, every moment they get, every moment they, that is, they find, they get on the knees to seek the face of God, to enter the spirit to find favor with God. Such a people, they are the people where you will find the presence of God. They are the people who will have real fellowship with God. They are the people who will be filled with the Holy Spirit. They are the people who will have a revival. Amen. Amen. So that is the thing. That is the condition that we need. We know it is true that God will meet a desperate soul. Now we all know that. Oh, praise God. We all know that. But it is it usually takes something to drive us into that. To that despair. To that desperation. It takes something to do it. We find out in James 5.15 that the Bible said that the effectual fervent that is desperation. It fervent is desperation. Effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Not that, not only that, fervent. Don't leave out the, the word fervent because that's what makes the meaning of, of this. The factual fervent prayer. Uh, you think that one who translated has better Luganda than you? Huh? 
Okay, find out how he put it. James 5.15. But that is a prayer of desperation. That's what it means. Yeah. Uh, no, you are wasting a lot of time. Leave it. Uh, it's a fervent prayer. It's a prayer with desperation. Yeah, it is a prayer with hunger. So it, it avails much. When a righteous man, a good man, gets in travail. Amen. Gets in travail. When a soul gets in desperation, in travailing, Amen. Amina. An effectual fervent prayer of a man that can show the token he does something. Notice what the Bible said here also. The confessing our faults in James 16, 16 5, 5, Getting right. Getting ready for it. Confess our faults one to another. Ask people to pray for you. Confessing our faults one to another. And praying one for the other. There you were. Do you know what that means? Yeah, Satan likes uh, to hide in darkness. So when you're doing things that are wrong, Satan wants you to remain in that, you know, dark cover-up. You can deceive yourself that you are going to overcome. Yet you have no victory. After church, it comes back. Then when you're in church, you feel you dislike it, you feel you are going to, you decide you are going to overcome it. But no victory. And then when you go out of church, the devil comes again. Now, in such a situation, you need to confess that thing. Amen? You can confess before the church. You can confess before the individual. You can find a brother or sister and confess to them that there is a problem in your life. It is eating you up. There is a habit. 
And as you expose it, you ask for the prayers. You ask that person, all those individuals, pray for me to overcome this problem. Amen? The devil is not comfortable there. That is one of the ways to overcome a habit. Amen. And then you pray fervently. Amen. Amina. You see, that's what it means here. Ask people to pray for you. Confessing our faults. One to another and praying one for the, for the other. There you are. With love that I got confidence, I can confess to you my wrong. And you can confess to me your wrong. And I love you well enough that I'll pray for you. And you pray for me. And we'll stay with it. With effectual fervent prayer. Until, until it is answered. Amen. Amen. You find someone you have confidence in. Not someone who will just room about you in church. But some real brother. Some sister. Amen. Amina. Oh, bring it to the minister. And say, pray for me. This problem is eating me up. Don't hide your fault. The devil likes darkness. That's why sin is mostly committed in the night. Murders, stealing, witchcraft, adulteries, most of the evils are done in the night. And even their spirits which are creatures that type demons. Like cockroaches and others. They like darkness. When light is put on, they take off. So the devil hates light. So when you confess your sins, you are exposing the devil. And that's a way to get it to Amen. Then after that, Go take it before God in prayer. Fervent prayers. Until it's answered. That is desperation. That is what we should have all the time. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That should be going on in the church. Yeah, people desperately cleaning their lives and praying to remain in touch with God to overcome all those problems. Amen. 
Now listen to this also. Billy Graham's had meetings all, can, all across the country. And all Roberts. And all the rest of us. We've cried and prayed and prayed. And everything else. But you see. The doors are closing. Let him that is filthy. I'm quoting scripture. Be filthy still. Let him that is righteous, righteous Amen. Amen. Him that is holy, holy still. And I believe the doors of the general tiles is closing together. See that day of the time of the reason of the season is just, is just about over. Just a few more to come in. The reason you can't have no uh, have no kind of meeting like that. There is no travail of soul. You don't get that burden. Amen. I remember years ago. You always hear them talk about the sawdust trails and things in the tabernacle. Uh, that didn't make it anymore. Not a bit more. But then it was fresh. God was calling his church. Now let us uh, look at this, analyze this. Yeah. Uh, the sawdust trail. I hear it was that st- that. That is, phrase was made by uh, Evangelist Sunday. And so that trail is when people throng to the altar. Crying and the altar crying. Giving their life to God. That's what that term Soda's Trail means. And here, Brother Branham is saying, you see, there is no more so travail. There is no burden seemingly. There is no more more that Soda's Trail. What is it? You know, the dales, the, 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 the gentle doors are closing. That uh, to fulfill the scripture that says, let him that is filthy remain filthy still. And he that is holy remain holy still. And a sinner remain a sinner. Now, when there is that condition in the world and in the church where people's hearts are hard. Yeah, they no longer, there is no that agonizing. That hang and thirst for God. It is a sign that grace is leaving. Oh, grace has left. It is when they have grieved God away. And that is a sign also when the gentle doors are closing. That is what happens. But when God is 
is dealing with the people when he uh, when he has poured his grace upon people he gives them hearts that are repentant he gives them that so travail. He gives them the, the hunger for God. There is a scripture that I will pour the spirit of grace and the spirit of supplication upon those who dwell in Jerusalem. And the house of Nathanael will pray apart and their wives apart. And the house of David, they will pray apart and their wives apart. And the house of Shimei, they will pray apart and their wives apart. He said they shall cry as one who has lost his firstborn. So imagine when that spirit of pain comes on a people and as if a family who have lost their firstborn. And then the men will go and pray apart and their wives will run another mountain another bush to pray apart. seeking where to pray from. And they, they are all mourning and God said that is the spirit of grace that is when he has poured the spirit of grace upon, upon a people and you remember there he is quoting Jerusalem and we know that when grace leaves the Gentiles when it leaves this, 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 this region it grace goes back to Israel and when grace goes to them they mourn they pray, they cry they travail as one who has lost his firstborn but what about the place where grace has left what happens where grace has left? To me, they become hard-hearted. No prayer. No hunger for God. They are indifferent. Form on dry. Now it doesn't matter they may play piano and play drums and jump up and down and shout under and the music and they call it a good time. But that's not what it is. A real condition, a really good spiritual condition where God is dealing with a with an individual, he gives them hunger. He gives them pain. He gives them desperation. He gives them those birth spiritual birth pains. That is when God is 
dealing with them. Because without that travel, so travail, they cannot bring forth children. They, they cannot be born in the spirit. Spiritual birth comes through spiritual birth pangs. Amen. Amen. And I believe the doors of the gentle is closing together. The day of the time of the season is just about over. Just a few more to come in. Just a few more to come in. The reason you can't have no no kind of meeting like that. There is no so travail. Amen. You, you don't get that burden. And remember years ago. You always hear them talk about the sawdust trails and things in the tabernacle. You didn't make it anymore. Not a bit more. But then it was flesh. God was calling his church. I've seen them sob and cry. And lay on the altar all night long. Amen. Amina. I've went to their houses, to their houses, and you could hear them when you come up in their bedchamber. Men and women crying. Oh God. Oh God. Now. That is when the church is in the right condition. Can you imagine? So I've seen them. I've seen them. Sob and cry. And lay on the altar all night long. That is a revival, friends. That is when God is dealing with you. That is when you are having good fellowship with God. Where you are touched. Until you say I will not go home. And you stay here. And you sob and cry. And mourn. Through the night. Instead of going to their houses. You know, someone comes to visit you. And can hardly have audience with you. Because you are deep inside in your room crying. And seeking the face of God. You see, we don't only pray when we are here. On Sunday I told you we have regular prayer organized prayer moments when we come to church when we have overnight you see nowadays we no longer have overnights because of the, all the conditions in the world lockdowns and confusion but we used to have them we have those moments then we have prayer altars I mean 
family altars. All those are wonderful moments. We must attend to them. And we must utilize them. But that's not enough. As an individual, you must have prayer moments alone. Amen. Every moment you can be able to have get alone with God and stay before God and pray. There is something about that. When you are alone, when you are giving a personal sacrifice, because it's easy people to come and together when it is expected of them. It's expected of you to come to church. It's expected of you not to remain in the, in the room when others are in the sitting room praying. But then when you isolate yourself alone it is a self uh, sacrifice. It's a self revelation. And then you go somewhere alone. There is something about that. There is something about that. Amen. Amina. You could hear them when you come. That's in their bedchamber, men and women crying. You do see them walk through the church. You could, you would see them walk through the church. And I would see. The piano start playing. Jesus keep me near the cross. And the tears flowing down there. You know. Walk into the, this church. Then walk down the other church. And then there. There is a precious fountain. Oh God, say my boy. Say my daughter. She lost Lord, please. Huh? You don't find that no more. Amen. So when people are that broken before God. Just a piano playing a, a hymn about the cross and you see people cry weeping. They are in the spirit. They are in real fellowship with the Spirit of God. Amen? Amina. You don't find that no more. What is the matter? The Spirit of God is withdrawn. Jesus predicted this. 
Tebelezecho. That the love. You know he said the love of men will wax cold. The love would fail. That because iniquity would abound. The love of men would fail. Grow cold. Go away. The love is dying away. And what they got into it. Just a form. Amen. Amina. Now. Look at that spiritual atmosphere. That's what we need. That's what we need in the church. That's what you need in your life. But how shall it come? Plow your fallow ground. Amen. Amina. You would. Would you like to know what I think the greatest need of the church today? Where I think the lacking is is a no-so travail. The people are not broke up enough. There is no burden seemingly. That is the greatest need of the church. Today. And it is more today than any other time. And in your life, and in your home, that is the greatest need. Oh, God have mercy upon us. God have mercy upon me. And God have mercy upon you. This is the greatest need. There is no burden seemingly. And you give me someone that is just so tore up about lost souls. He's tore up. Yeah. That they just cry. And are wanting a revival so bad. Till they can hardly it. You tore out. Now connect this quote to the other one. When they had a sort of veil, crying and crying. And when you enter in the church, the music is playing. Gospel music. The hymn is playing. Jesus came in near the cross. And the spirit would, and you hear them cry. Oh God. And the tears are falling from their eyes. God save my boy. God save my daughter. This 
shows when people are in when people are in a good relations with God what comes next is the love for fellow man amen amina the burden for the lost souls amen amina so he says Give me someone that is just so tore up about those souls that they just cry and wanting a revival so bad. Till they can hardly eat. You see? You're tore your toe about lost souls. You want to see God save the lost. If you don't have even a burden to see God save your children. And your neighbors. Then what con- Heart condition is that. What condition is your heart then? If you don't have even a burden for your soul, you don't have the Holy Spirit, and you're not desperate about it, then that is how, how far you are from God. If you read the history of the world and the religious history, you'll find out it always taken that kind of a spirit to bring a revival. When Zion travailed, then she brought forth children. You have to be tore up. It's the atmosphere of anything. Amen. Amina. You get around where there are arguments. You get into the type of atmosphere. If there is something in the church, someone who is disobedient, every ugly acting in the church and causing trouble, you'll never be able to have a revival as long as that kind of an atmosphere is around. And so you have to have if you will notice when the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost, they were all in one place and in one accord and waiting for the promise. And when we get like that, Brother Bozi, the revival will be here then. Well, Brother Boze was a missionary to Africa. So that's what brings a revival. In other words, if the church is to see sinners saved, your family members saved, neighbors saved, 
individuals filled with the Holy Spirit, it will take that kind of a condition. It will take that kind of atmosphere where men and women are under that pain of the soul. Pleading, hungry, thirsty, tore up. They want to have God. And today we are having many great, uh, amen, protractive, we call it down in south, you know, where they use, uh, instead of revival, but I think it has become just a protractive meeting. Instead of revival, because we do not have a revival in the nation as yet, as I see, if we have a revival like they did at Welsh Revival, or in Scotland, or some of those revivals in the days of Wesley, when they had the great breaking up. A world revival came by John Wesley. And that's when I think we have a real revival. Now, those revivals is quoting about, you need to, to, to have read about them to understand. When you talk about the Welsh revival. Wells. That is when men and women stayed before God in prayer. And the meetings were running 24 hours. And they were all about prayer. Repentance. Pleading and groaning. And meetings running 24 hours. And they say someone will come and bring a request. I'm praying for my uncle. And they start pleading for that person. And before the meetings end, they will see the uncle in the door. He has come, the Spirit of God has pulled him to give their life to God. And that is a revival. Revival is born on the knees. Revival is born in thirst. Amen. Amina. Now I've noticed in my ministry recently the people will spill the people but yet they will watch what God will do and say 
signs or something that he would perform and people sit and say well that's very fine and you'll notice God will do something else now and they will say that's very nice we appreciate that good man just kind of well it was your duty you know that, that shows uh, people who are just formal Formal, they just appreciate, yeah, that's good, that's good. It's good that God can do that. Instead of giving them a hunger, to surrender more to God, they just take it shallowly. Formal. But now, if there really was a revival in the air, when one of those things would take place, every soul would grasp it quickly and it would be, oh my, there would be no end to it. It would just go from one to another, and one to another, and it would just keep moving. Amen. Amina. You see? Amen. Amina. Let me drop this just to you. I believe in Ezekiel the ninth chapter. Amen. Amina. When the Holy Spirit went forth, as it was men went forth from behind the gates with the slaughtering weapons to destroy. Okay. Uh, these were angels, you understand? Who were released with the slaughtering weapons. Amen. Amen. Uh, and there was a man come forth with a white robe and and he said and the commission was given to him by God to go through the city to set a mark upon the forehead the sealing of the Holy Spirit mark upon the forehead of every man or woman that was that sighed and cried for the abomination you remember that story, that story in Ezekiel 9 they were men with uh, with swords. And they were going to have the city to destroy and kill. And God told them stop wait until the seal of God is put upon the forehead of, of the people of God. And there was a man with an ink horn. And he was instructed go through the city and put a mark upon all those that you find signs crying for the abominations that are done in the city. And then he went around with a white robe marking those kind of people. And then after he had marked 
the other men were released who had weapons of destruction. I said, go through the city and slay and destroy. Start at the temple. Destroy all those people that have no mark of God. Now I want to ask to ask you if he was coming through Chicago tonight, remove Chicago, put Kampala. How many places would he find tonight that the home we are laying just sobbing for a revival. Just in such a travail of soul that they just can't stand in it any longer. They just don't know what to do. Meaning in desperation. Wonder how many mark in Kampala tonight. Of this city. Almost 5 million people in it. What would he mark? Just imagine. You could count them on your fingers. Don't you think so? The people with that type of burden. But that wasn't. Uh, to mark no one but that type of people. We go to Melo, to Melo, to Melo up before God. So, if when there was a destruction in Jerusalem. You know, God did not allow it to take place until the people of God have been marked. And those who were, select, who were selected for marking, it is only those who are found Crying, traveling, sighing, not only for their sins, but for the abominations that in You know, God never changes. And His ways never change. So that means if the same repeats in Kampala, and God said, before I destroy Kampala. Let the angel of the Lord go through Kampala. Which is the Holy Spirit. And mark only those. That you find on their knees. Crying. Sighing. Travailing. Wailing. For the abominations done in Kampala. Only those you shall mark. And after that, the rest should be destroyed. How many would be marked in Kampala? How many even believers? How many would you find? 
on the knees. Sighing. So do you see why straight is the gate? And narrow is the way. And few be that will find it. You see why? There's very few people who are going to make it. So now, church, say, say something to the Lord. Will you lift your voice? Just in about two minutes. Say something to the Lord. Will you want to remain like that in a formal condition? Indifferent? Or you would want real fellowship with God? You want a revival? You want your fallow ground to be broken? 